Right, let's head to our second question. With us this evening, we have our, th- our panel um, of extra timers who are joining um, our guests, Professor Anna Menon and Edwina Curry tonight. Our extra timers um, are Matthew and Catherine and Sam. Catherine, you've got our next question. Yes, I do. Okay, considering the UK and the EU have said they still remain some way off reaching the post-Brexit trade agreement, can the government get a trade deal? Whoa, Brexit. All of a sudden, <laughs> Brexit's back in the agenda, Catherine. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I remember complaining before this pandemic that I, I, coming into work every night, I couldn't talk about anything but Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Can the government get a trade deal, though? What do you think? I don't know what's going on. I'm asking the, the, the professionals in there to explain it to me because I, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, um, before they do... Uh, you've got a very interesting story, don't you? A personal story, because you voted leave. I did. And it's affected you, has it? It has. Um, I voted leave. Yeah, I did vote leave. And I've had, had this argument. But right now, we're going towards a hard Brexit. And that's not what I voted for. So I'm leaning towards I'd rather remain. So that is a major <laughs> a shift for someone like me. I have been the most... Stubborn person when it came to leaving. I was so stubborn. I wanted to leave because that's what I voted for, blah, blah, blah. But not for a hard Brexit. You've lost your job as well, haven't you? I've lost my job, so I can see a hard Brexit is going to make life harder. And we, okay, nobody called for a pandemic, but we're in a pandemic now. I've lost my job. Um, I'm looking for something, and it's so difficult at the moment. Furlough pay, as for the furlough pay that was touted by Rishi Sunak, please, it was giving people something like eight hours pay a week. So to us in the lower end of the, the earning scale, it made us worse off. Rishi Sunak so your made question is, can we get a trade deal? So how can I get a trade? Yeah, please, help me. How could a trade? We are not going to get a trade. If we, if we don't get a trade deal, it's going to make my life so much more difficult. And that? I think, yes, we will get a trade deal. I think uh, both sides really? want one. Uh, yeah, it, but but what I should say is even if we get a trade deal, you're facing a hard Brexit because it's not going to be much of a deal. There's going to be loads of things that won't be covered. There are going to be checks at borders. Uh, we won't be able to sell services into the European Union very easily. So we'll get a deal, and I think it's important that we do. I think it's important that we don't sort of – the both sides don't stomp away from the table when? in October and refuse to talk to each other. I think we'll get it in October, November, to be honest. Both sides – really, really want to deal. It's not to say it's going to be a particularly comprehensive deal. I don't think it will be. But they will sign something because I think Boris Johnson knows, as happened last year, if he manages to get a deal, he's portrayed as the man who performed the impossible task. And I think he wants to do that again. Okay. Edwina? I'm I'm in two minds about this. I mean, if there is any kind of deal, and we're talking about a treaty, you're talking about a major international treaty, which has then got to be ratified by all the other countries, uh, parliaments, one after the other. Uh, I think it could be absolutely last minute, sometime in December. Um, on the other hand, you know, we've made it quite clear. Because that's what, how the Europeans negotiate, right? They, they bring well, it right up to the war. Well, they've just negotiated a, a, a big rescue deal from the the richer countries to the poorer countries in Europe because of COVID. And it's taken five days and nights and, you know, three o'clock in the morning and all the rest of it. And they've eventually come up with something. And it could be 
it could be a bit like that. Um, so can I just ask a question quickly? Mm. So on the 31st of December, if there is no deal, that's it then? Well, no, no. That, that I think, is where the thinking is, is, is shifting. So okay. it may be that we don't get a treaty. And, and the key things that I was listening to Barnier this afternoon and uh, they, what he's talking about, the key things that um, he regards as the sticking points are fishing rights and a, a level playing field because he doesn't want what he calls unfair competition. Right. Well, unfair competition is the competition you lose. Right. So what he wants to do is try and make sure that in a treaty, we agree not to give aid to our businesses. And do you know what, Catherine, that's not going to happen because we're going to retain the rights to do with our business what we want to do. That's the whole point about coming out. And similarly with fishing, we will go on selling our fish to other countries. We will go on allowing other countries, uh, uh, people to fish in our, our waters, but it's not going to be part of a treaty. We're going to retain the right to refuse. Do you see what I'm getting at? So he's not going to get what he wants. Well, there's going to be very little practical difference to people then. Well, that, that's what so I what think. what do they vote for? That's what, well, because what, there is a big difference about having the right to refuse and not having the right to refuse. Uh, there are also complex issues about who's going to adjudicate. If you have a treaty, an international treaty, then there has to be some kind of adjudication process and they want the European Court of Justice uh, to be responsible for that. And we are saying, no way, Jose, that is not going to happen. But the trade side of it is a practical business. And trading people, business people, are very, very pragmatic. They're extremely competent. They're very competitive. They are more ready than they were a couple of years ago because they've been through the brink of, oh, we're going to have Brexit at the end of the month several times. And they come through January the 31st, and now we're out of the EU. Um, and they see that Actually, maybe, you know, you stock up on a few toilet rolls, which, by the way, are made in Manchester anyhow. Can I, can I just voice a note of disagreement here? The, the reason why businesses have been all right to date is because nothing at all in our trading relationship with the European Union has changed. We have this thing called transition that means effectively we're still in the single market. We're still in the customs union. If we leave with no deal in January and surveys by the CBI show this over and over again, the majority of businesses haven't taken steps to prepare themselves and the terms of trade with the European Union will change dramatically. They'll have to fill in forms. They'll have to comply with EU standards. They'll have to get their goods certified in the EU as That's well as the UK difficult. because... And well, that, it's time-consuming and it's costly. It's, not, it's none of those things. It's all done online now. You're driving a lorry. It's all done online. It can be done, uh, and uh, as the as the as the lorry gets uh, and its trailer gets close to whichever border it is, the driver receives a text or uh, uh, some kind of uh, symbol on his t on his mobile phone. He shows it at the border and he drives through. I mean, that's how it's done. It's not difficult. So HMRC, HMRC, which is the government body, estimates that customs declarations will cost businesses £15 billion a year to do when we're outside the customs union. That is not nothing. That's well, a tremendous sum of money, and that is the government's own figures. It's HMRC numbers. Well, that doesn't make it right, <laughs> government's figures. You do trust them in very interesting circumstances. Well, I'm not saying they're absolutely correct, but they'll give you a rough ballpark and, yeah, unless yeah, you I, want to say... All right, just but just take on, take on board that 
I was a Remainer. I was a Remain campaigner. I stood for the European Parliament in 1994. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm also a Democrat. That's why I believe that we ought to get Brexit done. And um, I run a business club. I've been running my own business for many, many years. And I'm convinced that we will make a success of it. Some people won't. HMRC could just be behind the curve. HMRC, uh, HMRC people, on the whole, don't run businesses. Most businesses are not directly affected, and those that are are already on top of this very, very substantially. COVID has made a big difference. COVID has meant that all sorts of supply chains have been knocked sideways. Um, the the uh, whole issue about diesel engines has meant that the car industry has faced big, big trouble. The way we change we, the way we shop has changed dramatically so that retail is in difficulties. You know, we've been blaming everything on COVID. Now we're going to blame everything on Brexit. It but with doesn't all due respect, like Edwina, really I mean, if you want to talk businesses, Honda, a big business with plants in this country, reckons a 15-minute delay at borders will cost it £850,000 a year. There will be delays at borders. How, how big is its turnover? Uh, how many millions and millions and millions? Their profit margins are small. And if they're making decisions about where to base their plants for their next models, additional costs will come to play. So, yes, we might make a success of Brexit. Yes, there were good reasons to leave the European Union. But let's not pretend that if we leave without a deal, it will be easy or that there won't be businesses that are very severely affected because they will. Let me come back to our extra timers tonight. I found it interesting that Catherine said that she voted leave and now regrets it. She's a, a, a remainer. And, and that's a, a wider uh, discussion for quite a few of you tonight listening to the programme. Now that you've seen how this is playing out, you've got Catherine asked, posing the question, do you think we'll get a deal? Given how, you, how difficult you see a deal now is, do you regret how you voted in the referendum or actually are you steadfast? that how you voted uh, was the right thing uh, to do. 08085 909 693. So Catherine has regrets. Matthew and Sam, don't know if you voted or not in the referendum. Why don't you tell us, Matthew? No, I didn't vote because it didn't really bother me. It didn't, I didn't really get it, so I was just getting on with my life. That's interesting. What do you mean you didn't get it? I didn't get what, uh, the whole logistics of it. When you got down to it, it was kind of hard to follow and I've got other things going on, like saving kids. So that was the least of my worries about Brexit. And do you care now? Um, not really, because there's other things pressing matters, like kids are getting stabbed every day. There's, I work with kids, so that's my main priority. Yeah. Like, even Brexit, I don't know if it's going to affect me in the long run. If it does, I'll deal with it. But kids are dying by the truckload. Kids are getting groomed county lines. That's what I deal with. So Brexit, yeah. when it first happened, I looked into it. But then the more you looked into it, it got more deeper. And I'm not a politician. I have no time for politics. So I just focused on what I can actually change. You work to get kids out of gangs, right? Yeah, and county lines and train police and everyone and social workers. But Brexit was interesting, but there's other things going on close to home that I can actually have an impact on. I can have an impact on Brexit. If they're going to leave, they're going to leave. The majority said leave, so it looks like we're leaving. And when, it, when we leave, we have to deal with the consequences. Just have to man up and deal with it. Did you vote, Sam? Enough. I was uh, I was only fourteen uh, when the ah. Brexit vote happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and do you th- do, do you care now as you see this playing out? Uh, I, I definitely I cared now, and I care I cared at the time. Um, I, I really didn't want us to leave. I can remember weeping the morning it was uh, the morning the result was announced. But um, since then, I'm sort of crying. 
yeah, I was I was very very passionate as a fourteen year old. <laughs> And do you care? And 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 are you optimistic now? I, that's the thing. I I am optimistic because I, I now I feel like look, we've 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 voted for it. Let's make the best of the situation, rather than saying oh it's damage limitation. Let's go in. Let's get a, a really good trade deal, and let's get on with it and try and make the best out of this situation, of which I don't really fancy being in, but a lot of people did. So here we are. You see, I wonder how many people are like Matthew tonight, that they've got so much going on in their lives, they don't quite understand the ins and outs of what a trade deal's going to be, how, the, you know, the minutiae of Clause 2.4.6 or whatever on earth <laughs> it is, and they're, they're, they're just going to wait and see how this plays out. Uh, 0805-909-693, Keith's in Kent. Hello, Keith. Hello, Stephen. Go ahead, sir. How are you? Doing okay, um, thank you. Um, well, what I would like to say is, I mean, that Michel Barnier is French. If it wasn't for us in 1939, but, and we stayed for two years the British, they would all be speaking German. And also, what they put on us, centimetres, litres, let's get back to the old English traditions. Pounds, shillings and pence, and uh, gal- uh, gallons back at the petrol station. And things I don't even think they teach her. Well, in the measurements, school, do they? But the 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 measurements, Keith, are not that important to you, are they? Well, yeah, but I mean, let's be serious. If you've got sixteenth, sixty fourth, thirty seconds, if you've got a child that's um, learning maths and they're learning in tens, like the metric system, you you get the British system. They have to work out all the different things and come up with the answer. It's much harder. Are you are you seriously telling me? Are you seriously telling me that that your biggest worry over Brexit is whether something's in a, a measurement of a gallon or not? Oh no 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 not that. I mean, if we leave without a deal, then I'll be happy with that. I mean, I'm not being funny, but I can't afford a thirty-five, forty grand BMW or Mercedes. Are these people who can buy a brand new Mercedes if if it's another five grand up on, on top of the tax on top of it, then uh, they pay it. So I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered at all. If we leave with a deal or no deal, I'd rather have a deal. But there again, they, they shouldn't dictate to us. They should show us some respect. But of course, uh, it'd been a, if they'd all been speaking German, thousand year Reich, and all that lot. Uh, Keith, thank you. Of course, it'd been a curry. The <laughs> the a, the trade that we do with Europe goes well beyond. Um, luxury goods. Yeah, it, there are all sorts of things. And I have no doubt that a great deal of this trade will continue and will be absolutely seamless. And, you know, the EU could do a deal with us if they wanted to. They have to want to, but they want How to... How much are they dependent on us? Well, at the moment... Compared to the extent to sure. which we're Well, at the moment, the goods, if you look, certainly the, the, trading, the trading patterns right now aren't normal, of course. But if you look at the uh, trading patterns during normal times... We were buying more from Europe than we were able to sell to them. So there was a trade gap going in the wrong direction, right? Uh, and you have to take that into account. Uh, there will be trade. 
and there will be a great deal of organised and, and responsible activity going on. They're worried about us uh, observing standards and uh, adhering to their standards. Fine. There is nothing to stop whatever. A British manufacturer that's selling into the EU and selling into Africa and selling into China and selling into America, packaging and observing different standards. The big businesses do this automatically. I've stood there watching eggs being packaged for different supermarkets. You know, it is easy to be easily done. This is the idea that we're all doing things by hand these days and it's it's all uh, going to take time and it's going to take manpower and all the rest of it. No, it doesn't. It needs a tweak of a computer and it's done. And that is how we're going to be trading in future. Edwina, let me ask you one question then. Why is the government spending millions of pounds on a lorry park in Kent? Because it might be needed, in which case it's yes, a good idea. Yes, because it will be needed for the trucks that have got incorrect customs paperwork so they can hole up there, not block the port, and fill out their paperwork correctly. Do you know what, Anand? They will only do that once because once when they have realized that they've got to do it and they have got to get it right they will do it and there will spring up in fact there are already in existence so what does that mean how does that even make sense they would only do it once well you know they would only do what a a blogs and sons hauliers make doesn't do the paperwork right or doesn't do the paperwork at all and find themselves sitting in a queue in dover Next time A Blogs and Sons is doing a transport to France or wherever it is, they will get the paperwork right. But in fact, there are, they don't have to do it themselves. You buy that or not? You, well, let me well, just let me yes just add something. No. There are companies, there are businesses all over the place that will do this for you. You know, you do not have to have squared paper to do your accounts. You use Sage or you use one of the other um, accounting systems. It's done for you, effectively. They're, you know, it, 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 the, the whole of the modern world is so much easier for business than it used to be. And that's how we will do business. And we'll have to do business like okay. that anyway. Anand? Well, I mean, that's true. We have true, to do it outside, true to point. outside the it, EU, it is, don't we? It is easier than it used to be. It's not all computerised as yet. There is still paperwork. And even on a computer, there's time-consuming paperwork. Yes, there are agents who will help you out. If you're a small business, you might want to pay them. And we're, what we're not talking about is the whole – the biggest part of our economy isn't making things. It's selling services. And every indication is, for instance, that from the 1st of January, a British architect – and British architects are very successful – will no longer be able to practice in the European Union because the European Union Union won't accept their qualifications anymore. Now, you might say that's silly on the part of the, uni- of the European Union, and I tend to think it is, yeah. but that looks like the direction of travel, Anna, and it will stop these people working. Yeah, but Anna, you have to ask yourself, do you know what? Do you think it is at least possible that that is a protectionist activity trying to keep competent Brits out? Right? Well, I'm not for a moment justifying and what is the that- EU are doing. There's two separate issues here. One argue about that but the second is given what they're saying whether will it impact on our businesses and i think the answer to the second question is yes it will and it might be because they're being protectionist it might be for a host of reasons but the bottom line is people here who sell into markets there are going to find it harder to do so unless we get a very good trade here's johnny in belfast more uh, good evening johnny Uh, hi Stephen. so i hope he doesn't go ahead johnny to tell me this, um, have you been able to give Big Audrey a cuddle yet? Big Audrey's my mother, for those people <laughs> yes. that, uh, that, that that don't realise. I may have sneaked a cuddle or two in there, Johnny. Good. That's I'm glad to hear that. I may I'm have done that. that. Um, no, I, I'm... 
Brexit. Um, it's it's somewhat <laughs> sort of been pushed to the, the sidelines really, hasn't it, over the last four or five months? Totally. Um, I'm just concerned about the well, the, the constitutional position of Northern Ireland. It's it's, it's going to affect uh, no other region in the UK. It's going to affect Northern Ireland. Well, of course, um, Boris Johnson promised the unionists in Northern Ireland unfettered access, didn't he? And then we, I will. He's, but, 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 <laughs> the, the, the Tories have tried to sell us down the river um, a number of times in the past. Um, um, Northern Ireland is an, an irritation um, as, as far as the Tories are concerned. Um, I, I, I just want to know how the whole thing is going to pan out. You, you mentioned in your um, your morning show this morning about the the, the green card. Uh, if you want to tra- travel in our island over over the border, you have to be able to demonstrate that you have uh, insurance in your car. I mean, yeah, I'm just aware that end. we're broadcasting across the UK tonight, so just to fill you all in on this, so it's now um, been established that while up until uh, now you can travel throughout the island of Ireland, people in Northern Ireland can go down to the Republic of Ireland, and indeed many of them do uh, for holiday, etc., etc. It's a couple of miles from, uh, it's a couple of hundred miles from Belfast, a couple of hours drive from Belfast down into the Republic of Ireland, but an hour and a half. Um, Post Brexit, you're going to need um, a green card and you're going to need paperwork. And obviously, that's very interesting to nationalists who see Northern Ireland as part of Ireland. They're now going to need a license uh, to drive down south, all types of insurance implications. And some of that maybe not spelt out at the time when people were contemplating voting or not for Brexit, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, where's it going to end? I mean, is it, this is just the start of it. Um, you know, we were promised a, a frictionless border. That's not going to happen. I mean, I, I set my stall out um, in the very early days. I'm, I'm an Ulsterman, first and foremost. I'm an Irishman, second. I'm a European, third. And I'm British, which is fourth on the, the list. Um, but, but I can be all things to all people. Uh, I, I, and I, I, I just think uh, it's just the, the, whole, the, the whole COVID pandemic seem to have come along at um, the most opportune time for the British government because they didn't have to worry about Brexit anymore. But so much hasn't been sorted out yet. Johnny, thank you. Uh, We're going to pause there and look at our third question of the night after the news. It's 11.31.